Hello and welcome back to the Premier League Projects. In this episode, we're going to be talking Man United, everything Man United, basically. Not a topic I really want to talk about being a Leeds fan, but, you know, we're there. We're going to be talking about what what they should do in the summer, and we'll probably end up talking about the Super League, no doubt. But, you know, when we've got Mark on today again, you, you, you keep making a lot of appearances recently, Mark. What, I what? have, I have. So, thanks for having me on, Scott. Appreciate it. It's all right, lad. It's all right. It's all good for the portfolio, isn't it? I guess so, I guess so. Um, anyway, Matt, we'll start with then. First of all, where, where's this sort of, what is letting Man United down then? And what do they need to do to sort of catch up to Man City next year? Mm. I think the lack of a true specialist defensive midfielder is, is a big one. I don't know what you think about um, McTominay and Fred, but they're just, oh. it's just too, yeah, it's just too static. It's too... Um, it's just two people doing doing one job, really. Well, the the two sort of bulldogs that run around. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? I they're like, they're almost few, like, go on. I was just going to say, I've seen a few people um, sort of compare them to a Duracell bunny. You know, they just, they just run around with a lot of energy and a lot of uh, enthusiasm. But in terms of their actual footballing ability and defensive awareness, they're not brilliant, are they? It's, they remind me a bit of Jim Wincante at Leicester and he sort of run around like a bit of a bulldog. Yeah, it, it, they're like that. They just can't pass like he can. Mm. That that's the, I think the that's the. I difference. think the thing about Manu is like their um their attack is brilliant and their wingers are brilliant. Um, they probably need maybe a right winger like Sancho. I think. I think they might... just. There's a lot of people saying they need. Oh, they need a right winger. For me, they mm. just need a winger that is a creative winger rather than a, a winger that's yeah, sort of yeah. a striker converted to a winger. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's not the issue for them. It, it's mainly the. The defensive midfielder role, and then I'd say they need another centre back who's um who can partner Maguire because I don't think Lindelof's up to it. Yeah, I think they need that pace, don't they? That recovery pace next to Maguire. Who are you thinking centre house? Because you've got people like Kunde, maybe mm. Varane. I think being mentioned. I think the Varane one is probably their first choice. I'd say. There's Paul Torres as well, isn't there? Yeah, and I think with Kunde as well, he's um. I think he's about five foot ten. He's he's, yeah, he's got yeah. a lot of pace for centre half, so that could he could complement Maguire quite well there. I'm not see. I've seen a lot made about this Kunde. Some people saying the five ten ain't gonna be an issue. It is. Some people say it is. For me, I definitely think it will be an issue. If I'm being honest, is the Premier League is quite different to La Liga. Hmm. In La Liga, is uh, the game is a lot more played on the floor. In the Premier League, there's a lot more people like Chris Wood players. Do you know what I mean? Them sort of big strikers, they, yeah. they still exist. There's a, there's a lot less of them than there was 10, 15 years ago, but they still exist. And against teams like that, you're going to really struggle. Um, there has been um, there has been a lot of brilliant centre-offs, you know, um, through the decades that haven't been necessarily tall. I think Cannavaro is about five. Yeah, no, but he played in the Italian division, didn't he? Yeah, but well, he also played on the international stage where he would have had to come up against um, a lot more physical players and strikers. Marese as well were another small mm. but, but um, I think the thing about the Liga is it's it's um like you say, it's very technical. There's not a lot there's not a lot of physical um pacey strikers up front. I know no, that's not, I know that's that not in the Premier, game Yeah, exactly. So I know that in the Premier he might not adapt to it just quickly. But I, I still think he'd be a good addition to my new side. So who who would you have as that sort of their number one centre back choice? I'd say before um, Upamecano went to Bayern, I think he was up there. But having seen him play in the Champions League a little bit this season, he didn't look that good, did he? he looked no, bit, he didn't. I think no, nerves could have got the better of him that day, if I'm being honest. Yeah, like, and he, he, would, he's not the finished on. product at the end of the day. And I think man, you need the finished product, don't they? Well, they need someone that walks straight into the team. So yeah. if it's if you want the finished product and the, the, the final player who's already at a very very high level, then you'd probably go for Varane. Do you look at his age though, Varane, and think that's a bit of a put off at twenty eight? Like he's still paying for him. Depends how much they they ask for him, doesn't it? I think there's there's rumours that he might cost seventy to eighty million. He, he has got one year left on his contract though. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. I I think anything above sixty million for a player who's got one year left on his contract, one year left on his deal. I think that'd be poor business. So. It's, like, it's like you look at Pogba. How much is he worth this summer? Like. With one left on his contract as well. 
Like if you're saying Pogba's thirty million or whatever that I've been seeing, then surely Varane can't be sixty million with a year left in his contract as well. Like, yeah. oh. <clears throat> I think um as well with Manu, I don't think they're that that's the sort of profile of play they want to go for. I do think they'll go for someone slightly younger who they can develop and, and nurture. I think I know it was in the newspapers a few weeks ago, quite heavily linked and um, quite a credible source to Sport Witness. Sport Witness is the is the newspaper, and they they do get quite credible sources. And they were sort of touting that Manchester United had held an initial or or, or sort of inquired about Wesley Fana, which I was quite nervous about. I can't I can't see that. Uh, I, I can't see it myself either. But I think that that's definitely a player that they might look to go for in the next couple of years. I don't think he'll go this summer because he'll demand a huge transfer fee. Yeah, I think he's talking nearly 100 million this year. Oh, I think he would be 100 million plus, yeah. I think, he, the, I, I think Jamie Redknapp said a few months ago he's going to be the first centre-half to demand 100 million pound transfer fee. And I think he's right. I think he's right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. You never you never know, do you? What do you think about people who haven't played for United? Like, what do you think of like, Twan Zabe? Like, because he... yeah. What, what's his level? Do you know what I mean? What is his level? I don't think we, I don't think we know yet, and I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows yet. I think he's not really had a great run inside yet, has he? I think he's had his injury problems. But the thing about Twanzavi as well is he's, um, he's another one. He's still very, very young, and he's nowhere near the the level that Manchester need right now. So he's he's another one that you're going to need to. Is that what you, you think that then? That you, so you think say saves Twanzavi to leave and join maybe like a Villa. Or because I've seen, obviously he's done well there in the past. Yeah. Do you think that he'd just be sort of a decent Premier League centre half, or do you think? No, no, I think no, no, that's I think he's um, I think he's capable, but I think what I'm trying to say is, man, I think man, you need someone that's ready now, and I think if you play Twanzavi and put all your trust in him, he's still going to make probably a lot of mistakes. However, it it will probably pay dividends in three or four years' time. So it depends what they want. But for me, I I just think man, you need. Someone that's ready now. Someone that's between twenty-five and twenty-eight. Um, that has that has a lot of uh, recovery pace to complement Maguire. I think that's what they need to go for. I don't well, think that's they the should... thing, isn't it? If, if you yeah. get pace, then if you watch all the best teams in the world at, over the re- recent years, which is really Man City, Bayern Munich, and Liverpool, are sort of the key sort of three that you think that is the sort of blueprint of modern day football. Yeah. They all, but every single team. There's one thing that centre-halves always do. They sat on the halfway line in every single team and they press them in and they can't let them out. Obviously, you can't go further than the halfway line, which we've seen in Bayern Munich a bit because <laughs> people just get... The offside, obviously, didn't come into fruition until yeah, yeah. the halfway line. But you can be on the halfway line and, that, and that's where the modern-day sort of big clubs, I guess, mm. that's where the centre-halves need to be. And then you, you, you just press these little teams in so you just constantly recycle possession over yeah. and over and over again and they just don't let them out and eventually... All the pressure, they can't hold it anymore, and the ball goes in the back of the net. Yeah, that so, I mean that's that is the approach of all these teams at the moment. So yeah, I think you spot on that in that um, regard. Um, what what do you actually think though, in terms of specifically Manchester United? Um, who who would you recruit if you were Ed Woodward? Who would you recruit in the in the CDM spot or the centre defensive midfield spot, whatever you want to call it, and the centre back spot? I think they're the two key positions. I, I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, if I, if I, you couldn't get to, realistically, you'd want Jane Sancho on the right, I think. Um, holding midfielder that I'll just talk about in a minute, and then a centre half. I think they're the three you'd want. I don't think you'll get. If, if Haaland's available, though, you sign him. You know I mean? Do you though? Because do they need a? They don't need a striker. No, no. If he, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, Scott. I know they need a centre back and a seat and a centre defensive midfielder. But if Haaland's available, and and if he commands a hundred million pound transfer fee. You sign him because he's not going to be that cheap ever again. He's got one year left. On, no, he's got he's, one year he's left. Not, on his he's not going to be 100 million though. They've already said 150 million. Well, the thing is, the thing is, this is his, this is my viewpoint. He's he's got one year left on his deal until he's got um, a release clause that comes active of 66 million. So, yeah. Borussia Dortmund don't have the power. They can go to Manchester United and say we want 150 million, but Man will go, all right. Well, here's 100 million. Take it or leave it. If you don't take it, then we'll just sign him next summer. For you, you know, how, you know how Dortmund work. They constantly, they have the way Dortmund work with transfers is they set a price for him, and if you don't pay it, you don't get it. That's they don't negotiate. But surely, surely, in this scenario, they they'd, they'd rather sell Haaland for let's just say 110 million pounds than 
66 million next year. But then, but then if you're Man United, just, just think, well, why don't we buy him next summer and buy the players we need this summer? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that's why they have the bargaining power. Because I think the only other thing I've got with Haaland, and I, I really struggle with people who don't sort of take this into account. I think the agent being mean or ill is a big no-no. I, I wouldn't go near it if I'm being honest. Well, he, yeah, he hasn't got great relations with uh, Manchester United with the Paul Pogba situation or any other. Not, not just that though. He, he's a he's a pain. He, the last thing you want in a dressing room is constant upsets and stuff going out in the press and stuff and people talking. That's like almost leaked from the dressing room. With him, that is what you're getting. You're getting constant things he wants to leave. If Haaland joins, it's the same Paul Pogba over again. He wants to leave. He wants to go to Real. Well, the thing Real. is with Raiola, for his actual job role as being a football agent, he's the best in the business. He gets his players huge contracts. He His, his clients he, are always He, he doesn't do it in the right way, though, does he? Not, not in terms of a club perspective, but if you're a player, he, he's, he's the best agent you can get. I mean, there's talk of Haaland being one of the first players to earn a million pound a week. I mean, that that is just ridiculous. If he pulls that off, then you've got to t- take your hat off to him because Haaland is nowhere near yeah, it. I don't think I don't... he cares about the players. I think he cares about his own pocket. I think he does, and I think he does. Why, he... why would you demand twenty-five million in a Haaland transfer for yourself if you don't care? Well, I did see that. I, I, he did come out and say that that was fake news. Which, whether you believe it or not, that's up to you. But. The the point I suppose still stands. He is he is demanding a, a transfer fee for um, not transfer fee, demanding a fee for himself, isn't he? And I think with with Manchester United they are reluctant to do business with Mina Raiola, and I think that could be a put off for them as well in Haaland. So game. would you then would you almost then sacrifice getting a a centre half, a holding midfielder, and a white winger just to get Haaland this summer? Yeah, I would. Yeah. But why? I, th- I think he's because I think he's a generational talent, and I think yeah, he might, got him, why not get him? Why not get him next year and then get these it, three? What if he can't? He's a, he's going to be he's available this summer, and there's going to be you a lot of clubs that, you that might can't not this. Well, there's going to be a lot of clubs this summer that can't afford him. Whereas next summer, he's got, he's got the sixty-six million pound release clause. Every single top club in world football can afford sixty-six million. Whereas I think there's only a select few. That could sort of spend what 110 on United at that club that can afford that money because because they've got so much revenue they've got they're the biggest club in the world they can spend 200 plus million every single transfer window and it won't even they, make a dent they don't because the, the they glaze. don't they don't because of the Glazers but I'm saying they can. we'll come on to that by the way if anyone's wondering. yeah I, I, well I think with Haaland as well like I say this is the cheapest you get him um until next year uh, until um, apart from next year because his price is just going to soar. So it's an investment at the end of the day. It's going well, to be an asset to football club. His price is cheaper next year, though. Yeah, but the thing with Manchester United is you know that he's going to be more available this summer. You know that next summer there's going to be more clubs queuing up and they'll mess it up. They'll mess it up next summer because you know that Manchester United, you know, it, the history shows. They did it with Jadon Sancho. You know, I just think because he's he's available this summer and he clearly is because Dortmund have set a price tag on him. I think you can... You can lower that price tag as well. The, the issue I've got, the issue I've got, he's going to be world class. Yeah, no, you can. We're fair enough, Haaland, this, Haaland, that. But the issue I've got is Man United don't create a lot of chances for their centre forward. You watch them, it doesn't happen. Cavani basically took away every chance he gets. Same with Greenwood. They just don't get any. I've seen someone call him like I can't remember who it was, but they call him like the graveyard shift, and he's bang on. They, 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 they've got it's because. The way their attack set up, they've got Bruno, who is quite happy to create. Pogba, who's quite happy to create, when it, but he usually plays deeper anyway. And then the two wingers are pretty much strikers anyway. Like they are. Like I know Rashford is better off the left, but he still behaves like a striker. In like, do you know when strikers got this like greedy sort of mentality, which you need to have in a striker. But Rashford still has that when he plays off the left. So he's he's more determined to come inside and take a shot rather than sort of. Go down the wing and cross the ball in for a striker. That's that's the so, way. So what's a better what's a better window then in your opinion? Haaland and a sort of thirty or forty million pound centre back. If, if the, Mark, don't get me wrong. If you, if they get an Allen, they get no one else. Oh no no no! I I think if they if they do get Haaland and and um I, like I do agree with you, but I think the thing about Manchester United is they are um they are they are a club that's got a lot of dead wood and they can generate um. Transfer uh, funds it, through selling their buying, players. Haaland's costing you upwards of two hundred million. I generally think that. What? 
No. Haaland wants fifty million. His dad's wanting twenty odd million. He's wanting. Oh, oh if you include the wages, yeah. Mina Raiola's wanting another twenty million. You're already at what one hundred ninety million there. If they were asking for twenty million each, then you've got. I think Haaland's unbelievable wage will be unbelievable. Well, I, I think they could sign Haaland and a thirty or forty million pound centre back. I really do. Wow. I think the Glazers would sanction it if it was for the right price. I'm not saying if if Haaland and Dortmund are demanding 150 million, then that's not going to happen. But if they can sort of weave it down to about 110, which is what sort of the common fee, you know, a lot of people think that Dortmund will budge this summer and they can get. I don't Haaland think they, do. they never do. They didn't budge all last summer with the Jin Sancho. They, they, haven't got the, they, haven't, they had the power last summer. Though. They don't have the power this summer. They don't. Why did they not have the power? Because he's gone next month. He's gone next summer for 66 million. Do they just think he's that good? That, that is a massive amount of money to lose just just for a twelve month, an extra twelve months. They haven't got the power. I'd say what is a good point. They are struggling in the league, Darwin. Like there's a lot of people who have a lot of sort of. Well, the they're not going to get top four at the minute. They're not going to. No, that's what I mean. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm going to. They're a, a lot of people are quite obsessed with Darwin, but they're still four points off the top six, off the top four. It is getting shorter that gap, admittedly, but because they have won the last three, but um. As it stands, they wouldn't get top four, and that is that would be a massive sort of um, hindrance. And they're, they're certainly a, a club that if they don't make Champions League football, their profits and revenue streams would go down significantly, and that would mean that they have to sell Sancho. Or not just that, but it also means these players might want to leave as well. Exactly, exactly. I just don't think they've got the power in this situation. But I mean, we're talking about Manchester United and Haaland a lot, but. Uh, if I'm honest, I think Haaland's probably more likely to go to Manchester City. See, I, I don't I don't see that at all. I, I really? don't think Haaland moves this summer. Really? Yeah, I think clubs wait. And then they just have oh, a wall on it. I think he's gone, you know. I think he's, he's going this summer. I I just can't see it. So then, Especially right. if Dortmund don't make Champions League as well. That's a big one. Right, so if you, if you can't say, say Man United, then... If you are number one in Thailand, I wouldn't do that myself. I'd try next summer. And if you can't get in next summer, then you don't want to be there anyway. So what's the point? Mm. Um, actually, that's, that, I said that over. I think that's a good point, to be fair. If if Haaland, say, say, say if Haaland actually wants to go to Man United, then he'll prove it by going to Man United next summer. If And if, if he doesn't, then the bit, Mina Raiola won't shut up that the whole time he's at Man United. So it'll be just a waste of time. Like Pogba hasn't been the success he is, and I blame a lot of his inconsistent performances because he has he has been inconsistent. He's been good on the whole, but he's been inconsistent. That's fair. Mm. And for me, that's a lot down to sort of the media pressure that is created by Mina Raiola constantly spouting that he wants to go to Real, he wants to go back to Juventus, all this. And if if ha- unless Haaland really wants to stay at Man United and be there long term because he whatever wants to be there, which I can't see anyway because bearing in mind his dad played for Manchester City, he was born in Leeds. And I think I'm pretty sure he's a Leeds fan as well. In fact, I am. He's a Leeds fan. So it surprised me that you would want to go to Manchester United anyway. But fair enough. If it, he'll prove next summer where he actually wants to go, and then you won't get as much spouting out from Inarola, and it will just be absolute bollocks. So I think you are. I, I wouldn't. I won't get involved in Haaland unless he actually wants to come to Man United, because otherwise it is just a, a, another mess for me. Mm. Yeah, and. It's really hard to disagree with you as well because you've seen the Paul Pogba is the example, isn't it? Well, that's the blueprint, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and but the thing about Paul Pogba as well is, um, I don't think um, Mina Raiola and Paul Pogba. I, I think when Mina Raiola has a relationship with a client, it's very hard for the client to sort of go against what Mina Raiola thinks. And I think he's in that sense, he, Pogba's loyalties are always going to be with Raiola over Manchester United. And I think that's going to be the same with Haaland and whoever he joins. And that can create issues because, um, well, like we saw, there, there's always going to be stories in the paper trying to get more money out of the club or trying to get a new contract or trying to get a move. They yeah. just, this is what I mean with me and our other clients. It's constantly a mess. They're always wanting to run the contracts down so they get a cheaper fee. It's because they love him. They, yeah. The players love me They, I think, I, I generally think that me and and Paul Pogba are like best friends. And I think he's best friends with... Ibrahimovic, I think he's best friends with Lukaku. That that that's his job. He's got um, he's got Donnarumma as well, hasn't he? Yeah, that's his job at the end of the day. But it's it's really not healthy in terms of a in terms of the club um, involved because 
there's always going to be a want to have more money and have a new contract or get a move to get more money. And Mina Iola is the driving force for that, isn't he? So I, I appreciate your point about Haaland. And is that even a, a risk worth taking, you know, employing another um, Mina Iola client? But I think we see, that's what I mean. Whereas if you go for a player like, like you look at De Bruyne, he was just signed another new contract to Manchester City until I think 2024 or 25. Mm. And it was just like, from all accounts, it wasn't hard. He just sort of went there. He still wants to stay. Boom. If he has his mineral as his agent, that is not an easy process. And it, yeah. it's. Not, I don't think, from my account, do Man City have any mineral agents? I don't think they do, do they? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But isn't was it Laporte or Diaz? I could be wrong. I'm not sure. I, you could be right. I mean, I don't think that. I don't think, from my account, I don't think he has any clients. It doesn't surprise me that a club that's as well run as, Man- as Manchester City are, because they are well run, mm. don't have any. Yeah. Because I, I generally, I think people overlook this Mineral thing. I, I, I think it leads to inconsistent performances on the pitch. I really do, and that doesn't it, that just damages the player, if anything. Mm. So yeah, I, yeah. I'd, I'd be really careful. Going then, going on to where, so you. So if you can't get Haaland then, and wh- which sort of which centre back? You you said you wanted Varane, you think, didn't you? At centre half. Yeah, I'd go with Varane if I was. Who would be sort of your holding midfielder that you go for? Oh, I think it's I think that's the obvious one, isn't it? I think you know who I'm going to say. So. Declan Rice. Yeah, I think Declan Rice is probably the perfect fit as well for United. He's he's an English lad. He's he he's said to have grew up as a Chelsea fan, but um, I'm not actually sure if. Chelsea are going to have the funds to sign him, but regardless, he's an English. He's an English lad. He knows how much Manchester United um, means to people. He, he gets everything. Yeah, but, yeah, but he, he is a Chelsea fan, though, isn't it? And he wants to go to Chelsea. Yeah, I think the point is though that he he appreciates and knows the values of Manchester United. Whereas some, you know, when some players come abroad and they've got come with a bigger reputation, they don't actually know how big the club is and how much it means to fans. And, and I think they can go wrong a bit there. And Declan Rice knows Manchester United. He knows. Yeah, he watches Mark Goldbridge on YouTube, doesn't he? He watches Mark Goldbridge on YouTube, and that just suggests to me that um, I generally do think he, he would want a Manchester United move over Chelsea. I do. Uh, I, I think uh, he's already. You know, he's already come out and said that he doesn't. He wants to go to Chelsea. But I think, but I think Manchester United elevate his status so much more than no, they, Chelsea. They do, but I, I don't think he's a Chelsea fan. He, he's better, best friends with like Mason Mount, people like that, and he's he's already made it blatantly clear he wants to go to Chelsea. I think the only chance Man United have of getting him is if Chelsea say, no, we're not doing this. So, the thing about Chelsea, they've got Kante, they've got Jorginho. Um, well, bear in mind as well, they've, they've sacked Lampard and Lampard was a big admirer of Declan Rice. I yeah. think if Lampard was still in charge, he, go, he goes probably goes to Chelsea this summer. But um, yeah. with Tuchel, I don't think Tuchel cares even about him. Even yeah, I agree. I think he's happy with Kante. Because he, he's got a few, isn't he? He's got... Kante can play... Obviously, defensive midfielder. Jorginho obviously can. Um, even a player like Kovacic just played yeah, there before. Yeah, Kovacic so. just played there. Yeah. So, they, it'd be a lot of money to outlay on someone that's already, you know, they're quite covered in that position. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that... on Deck and Rice quickly, though, I, I think um, he would add to Manchester United's side significantly because I think he brings a calm. He's, he's really, really calm on the ball, isn't he? And that's something that Fred and, and McTominay aren't. He's not as good on the ball as someone like a used Basuma though at Brighton, is he? Yeah, but he's not a def- uh, he's not a defensive midfielder. He's a number eight. No, but he, he you can definitely play there. We've seen examples of him. Yeah, I don't think he's not a specialist defensive midfielder. So would you not go anywhere near? Oh no, I rate he's Eve's uh, Basuma. I'd I'd take him for sure. Is he, is he more? Would you say then he's more of a Paul Pogba replacement then? I mean, I, I'm not going to compare Pesuma to Pogba, to be fair, but... Um, but in, in, like, the way they play it, the position... Yeah, yeah. He, he, he wouldn't play... He'd play in the midfield three on the on the left. So, in yeah, pretty much in Pogba's position. Yeah. What do you think about Pogba playing on the wing? Because, do you know how I mentioned earlier about the way, the, the greed that they've got, these attackers have got at the moment, Man United? Mm. Um, what do you think? Because when Pogba's come in, they do seem to create more chances... This you have yeah. got with, are we just, is it sort of just pushing Pogba in the team for no reason, as opposed to sort of a tactical decision to play him on the, on the left? Um, 
You know what? I think... Like you're too scared to play him in the, in the two older fields and you want to play Fred and McTominay instead. Yeah, I mean when Pogba's played on the left, he's had, he's had brilliant figures, I think, and creating chances as you say. Yeah, I think there's only two world class players in Manchester United's team. I think one of them is Bruno Fernandes and the other one's Paul Pogba. I think I, I rate him that highly. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the world. I, I really do. So if Paul Pogba plays on the left, if he plays as number eight, if he plays in a two as a sitter, I think he can do a job in either three of those positions. I think he's that good. But as is, you say, is, that, is that one though in a two though? He requires a player like Declan Rice to do that. Yeah, one. yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd and agree he, with and that. he's the more progressive player. His, his best position is certainly box to box. Though we saw it in the World Cup uh, with France. That's his best position. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. How about then? So are you? So you're Declan Rice hundred percent now? Uh, yeah, I think if 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 you you go away from Declan Rice and you don't sign him, there's there's quite a big drop off to your next um, you know sort of. Uh, option. Who else is there other than Declan Rice, Scott? Well, the, the one, the the obvious one is yeah, use Basuma. Um, Brighton has been linked. Um, thinking around the continent, I think is that Lima? I think Lima has been linked a bit from Leipzig. There's Zakaria, and he's got one left on his contract as well. Zakaria, yeah. But you know what? On Zakaria, quickly, just a little off off subject um thing. I watched him in a pre-season friendly against Leicester and I remember thinking, this is about four years ago, right? And he was still a young lad. He was still a very young lad there and I was like, wow, this guy's brilliant. And I, and I always remembered after, and then he went on to have a really good few seasons at uh, Gladbach and it didn't surprise me because I was like, fuck you now, this guy is a serious talent, seriously. So Zakari is always one I've sort of thought he's going to be a top, top defensive midfielder. So I think if that's that's probably one I'd say if they didn't get Rice, I think Zakari would be... He won't be better than Rice and he won't be on the same level, but he wouldn't be a massive drop-off, to be fair. So, a good suggestion, about, that one. I forgot about Zakari. How about your lad um, and Didi? Yeah, I, I just think he's not available, really. But if he was, then obviously... Manchester he's, all, he's, he's, a, he's a Leicester player, though, so he's always going to be available. And we've seen the... We've seen the yeah, the no, no, because... Yeah, he's do a, I'd players. say he's a Leicester player, so he won't be available because of the transfer fee demand. But you, you're not wrong. If, if someone slaps 100 million on the table, Leicester would probably consider it. I, I, I no, if, if, no if, if Leicester get 100 million bid for Ndidi, and Ndidi is no longer a Leicester player, let's make that perfectly clear. I'm not 100% sure on that, Scott. Oh, no, nah, you're having no, a laugh. No, no, I'm really you're not. You're having a laugh. Yeah, I'm really not. I think Leicester want to keep hold of the best sold Chilwell for 50 million last year. Scott, he wasn't, Scott, honestly. I, I've got been through this with you before, but Chilwell wasn't a fan favourite. Fans you also now, bought, now you don't even have a left back in your team, so you know because you bought another. Because anyone no, that's no, saying, I've got James Justin, but he's injured. He's a I've right. Back, he's a right back by trade anyway. The only well, left, Luke, Luke Thomas had a brilliant game yesterday. Luke Thomas is the only one, but you bought Castagne and everyone's going, oh, he's the Belgian left back. I've seen him at left back and I've seen it right back. He's miles better at right back. He is miles better at right back. He was brilliant yesterday, by the way. I think quickly on Leicester. I think um, you, you're not wrong. I, I think at left back we haven't got anyone apart from. Um, Luke Thomas, who's that's his natural position. But when James, James Justin's been played, better right back when I've seen him as well. But I was going to say when James Justin played um, left back at the start of the season, I, I didn't. I just think that wasn't his best position. But then in his last sort of two or three months before he got injured, I think he was brilliant there. So I'm still a bit on the fence about that one. But he's anyway, not. He's, he's, be, he's a better right back still because that is his position. He's very good at both. He's very good at both. Right, well... But, but I'd probably say, yeah, you know. Any, anyway, right, so, Ndidi then, he's the other, he's the another one that they could get if they put the money down. What He'd cost a lot, though. I think he, Rice he would, but, would cost £80 million as it is if Ndidi cost 100 plus. Yeah, admittedly, but there's a, there's a situation here where West Ham could also be in Champions League, which might screw them over as well. Why? What, how come that screw them over? Well, because then West Ham have the money then, because in the Champions League one. Oh, I thought two. you were saying it'd screw West Ham over. Yeah, no, Declan Rice, don't, Declan Rice don't have to leave. doesn't have to leave. Yeah. He's playing Champions League anyway. Yeah. He's well, still a young lad, well, I believe he's 21. Yeah, I was going to say, I think as well, he, he's still very young. He doesn't need to make the move yet. He still, he can he still have his learning years at West Ham if he, if he needs to. But I think Manchester United is probably the right step up for him at the minute. I think he's good enough to make that step up. How about, um, I know I hate this conversation, but I have seen it a tiny bit. How about Calvin Phillips? What, for Manchester United? Yeah. 
No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't think he's quite good enough for that level. I really can't see Calvin Phillips playing, you know, at the top of his game in the Champions League or at the high end of the Premier League table. I'm not, I don't think he's quite good enough for that. What do you think as a Leeds fan? You've watched well, long, what, what, you? I, what I think is Man United needs someone who can play the ball and switch it really well, and that is his game. The issue I've always had with Calvin Phillips is for a defensive midfielder, it's quite an underrated trait that you need to be quite quick, and he's so slow. Like he, he really. I mean, is he really slow? Yeah. He's not really slow. That's underestimating him because his positional sense is good, which helps him out. But like, do you know, like when you look at Rice, he's he's in, he's flying a tackle over there, then he's running over there and get a tackle. Philip, that, yeah. that Phillips can't really do that because he's just yeah, he ain't fast enough really. Yeah. Which is a bit he, of a hindrance to him. I think that uh, it does sort of. So when I watch Phillips, he does it does look to me sometimes that the game passes him by, and that's probably it probably isn't, but that's probably because of his lack of. No, pace, that, like yeah, you, you're missing because when when we don't have him, we knacked like it, that is yeah, true. Yeah. Like our our win rate without Phillips is on the ground. Like when he's he's but like he's, 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 let's be real, Scott. I'm not I'm not trying to um you know have a dig at Phillips, but he, he isn't a top four or Champions League player, is he? He's he's still he's still young though, admittedly. So he's still got time. Yeah, he, uh, he must be about 26 now. No, he ain't. He's about 24. 24? Well, I'll get a quick fact check on that. You're probably right. I mean, I don't know why I'm arguing. He's 24 or 25, one of the two. Yeah, he's, he's 26 in December, so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, right. But, yeah, he's the... I can't, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I, that's, I think we're basically covered. But I think I, I think we're both in agreement that... that so, what is it? Centre-back, defensive midfielder and... So, we're basically, what we're doing here, we're basically making a Man United team that's going to win the Premier League next season. Mm. That's what me and Mark are doing. So we'll t- I'll take. Do you think a- they can though? Do you think they can? Like if they if they, right, I'll give you this scenario. Rice, they sign him. They sign a centre back, and we that's t- where it ends. What level? Varane level. Um, Varane or Kunde, one of the two. If they sign Varane or Kunde and sign Declan Rice, and and no one else, can they win the league? No. They so don't you think they, they need they that. Don't goals, I don't think. Mm. I, I, they generally really badly need a winger that can create chance. Because they're not going to get all three of them, surely not. No, well, this is what this is quite a good then side clone then. What do you think the is this European Super League going to affect Man United's transfer budget? Will it be like what is the punishment? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. If if the figure's over ten million, which I, I I seem to think it's under ten million, the figure. But if it is over ten million, oh, without a doubt, I think um. The Glazers are very, very stingy with their money when it comes to investing in Manchester United. So, if if the figure is um you know twenty, thirty, forty million, then that that will go straight out of the transfer pot. And I think I just I don't know. I just don't think Manchester See, United. There's a few there's a few different ways they could get punished here. Number one, Florentino Perez has said that it's very hard to get out of this thing, and they'll pay massive fines if they do. So if that's true, which we've got no reason to believe it's not, admittedly he's spouted some nonsense. But he's quite, we're quite certain about that fact when I when I watch his uh, press conference. But yeah. um, that there's if that's the case, one that's money there. Um, number two, you could get punishment from UEFA, and number three, you might get punishment from uh, the Premier League as well. Mm. Do you what, agree with the the? Oh. Um, do you, I, I've seen. I mean, it's slightly off topic here, but I've seen um, the Premier League of. Have said that um, I think they're gonna they're gonna aim. To, I think they I can't remember the exact word. I want to get this right, but I think yeah, I think they did say they're gonna punish the top six and they're gonna try and find a way to to punish them. What is the correct way to do that? What what is the punishment that they they should get? Is it a fine or is it um, a transfer ban or what is it? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there's there's one side there's one side looking at it. it's not the player's fault it's literally the owner's fault which is the correct decision which is true but then you also look like Leeds who got it wasn't our fault that Peter Ridsdale spent more than he could afford and we went bust that's not yeah. how how is that how is that um uh, the managers and the players' fault like it just isn't then you look mm-hmm. at like Bolton in recent years when they got massive points deduction as well is was that their fault that the owners ran it poorly no. Like so, you do bury the the club's gone extinct pretty much because of it. Mm. Again, is it is it the fans and the players' fault that that happened? No, and they've all they're all clubs that have been punished. So does that mean that you have different rules for the top six to mm. the rest of the team as well? I See, think- yeah, someone said this the other day. They said if Everton, West Ham, and Leicester 
with the, with the teams that join the Super League, uh, Super, Super League, for example, they'd be gone. They wouldn't even be in the Premier League right now. They'd be gone. The, yeah, there's a huge difference here. And there's a lot of people who, who I think, the moral in the right place, it's just, um, you just, there's something you, you just can't, like, we can't, the, you can't just relegate him to the fifth tier. We can't, we just can't afford mm. to do it. As much as you might hate them, and I think it's globally, even the fans of these clubs hate them right now, these clubs. We can't, unfortunately, we can't relegate him to the fifth tier. We just don't have the money to do it. Mm. It's the same, it, then it's basically for the next few years while they're out, it's the same situation as the European Super League because all the yeah. money's gone. Well, another thing on, on uh, Manchester United is that, let's be realistic, even before this whole um, Super League stuff happened and they were threatened with punishments and, and, um, and a, a withdrawal fee, going back to their transfer pot, I don't think it would have been any more than 100 million anyway. No, they, 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 they said it was players. 100 million. But they were yeah, selling, they, they've got players that they can sell Lingard, Dallow, um, a few others. Would you keep Lingard? No. How much do you think they get for him? He's got one year left in his contract, so that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, between twenty and thirty, probably. That's that's a good price for. Him. I mean, if he can keep up the form that he's showing, which is no reason why he can't. Then, uh, I think if you're getting upwards, if you're getting upwards towards thirty, then yeah. If you're getting twenty million, then I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't see how he fits in Man United because he's not that. He's not a Man United player, really, is he? No, he's not quite that level. He just needs he needs game time and he needs he needs to start week in, week out for a club like West Ham that, that potentially can challenge for top four, but he's not quite at my new level. Yeah. It's the way he plays as well. I've seen someone saying that he's he's sort of a player that spins in behind into space and you, and yeah, as everyone knows, you don't even if you play a team like Arsenal, you just don't get that room. Like the top six yeah. play different against them. You're gonna hate saying that because you're a Leicester fan and but it's the fact is the fact that People, people in my head are still more scared of playing Arsenal away, and they'll play a different Arsenal away than they will at West Ham away. Like that is. That I'm, is I'm not so sure because I think managers are different. I, I, I don't. I, I saw I don't. Sam Allardyce say a quote yesterday. I'll get it up quickly. Um, he said after the game, "We were a long way off where we have been. Leicester are a lot better than Southampton and far better than Chelsea. They are as good as the top boys. They are only behind Man City on that performance." So, I, I generally think teams are... No, but you, not, he might have said that after the game. But he doesn't... There's, no, there's a fear factor when it comes to the top six. But our, our performance level yesterday was, was brilliant. It, off the, I know it you was, it was but even no matter how good your performance level is, because you're not an actual top six team. Well, I think that's what... You've got to change that word. I think we are a top six team, but we're not a big six team. Yeah, well, you even even if you if you want to change the word into a big six team, people are still more scared of play away at the Emirates and everything that comes with it than than playing at um. Really. Leicester. Yeah. No. It. That's why. I'm not sure, but I think that's your mentality to Leeds fan. No, but that's why that's why Lingard that's why Lingard has done so well at West Ham and he doesn't do well at Man United because they just don't get space at Man United because everyone just sits back. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure. I don't think. Um, it's, I think a team like Chelsea would rather go away to the Emirates than away to the King Power. You, they're, they're, but they are a top six club themselves. I'm on about these like your Burnleys, your Crystal Palaces, your. There's a lot more teams that are happy to open up against these teams in the, that, the traditional. So, club. in your eyes, can that narrative ever change? Will it get to a point where that, in your head, that narrative will change? Look, if, if, if ten years pass and you've been in the Champions League, like say seven, then I think you're all you can quite easily say then fair enough. But, but still another decade until that. Bear in mind, you you still have only been in the Champions League once, like in the last in recent times, which was obviously yeah. in the league. So you didn't. Admittedly, you were pretty much in it last year, but you weren't. You didn't get in it. Mm. So until. But we still being featured in European competitions as well, I suppose. Yeah, no, but it's not it's not the same. I don't think. Like mm. you, you, you're you're in in the sort of race, I guess, for to be sort of more powerful. You're quite a way behind yet, so you need you need a good next decade to prove that you're not that miles behind. It's even the fact that like the 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 size of these clubs are just they're just miles bigger than Leicester, to be honest. Like you're talking like 
Arsenal, you, the, the three or four times the size of you, like that. That's how it oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, but I don't think the difference between a, a Leicester and Spurs isn't massive. I don't think Spurs are as big as they're not. They've never historically been a top six club. Twenty no, years ago, they weren't even in the competition. You're still talking that they're still probably double the size of you. Like that. That is what they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. They even like they even pay the extra wages and everything like that that you get with these. I suppose not really actually, but. Like you look at Man United, they still they still play the most of any, any team in the world. Like yeah, they've got the highest wage budget, haven't they? Yeah, um, certainly in the Premier League. Maybe I'm not sure. In no, they world. world football. In world football. Really? I believe so. Yeah. Going on that wage budget quickly. Does that need? To, I've seen a lot of people sort of have this argument: should football players have a wage cap and should they get paid less? What's no. your opinion on that? No. I agree. I think if um. They're they're the on a match day. Play to watch. Yeah, on a match day, right? Let's say the average ticket's thirty quid, and you get forty thousand fans sitting in that stadium. They're in the stadium to watch football. They're in the stadium to watch the players. So where and watch the managers and the coaching team and all that. Exactly. So where should that match day revenue go to? The players. Now, players are only earning that much money because there's a big demand for football. There's millions of pounds in football because of the players. So. For me, I think... Yeah, no one, no one watches Man United because Glade, Joe Glazer is the owner. Exactly. In fact, exactly. people are less likely to watch it. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, the players are more than entitled to get paid hundreds of thousands a week because that's just how life is. The demand for football is huge. Well, it's, and it's they are paid to watch football. That, but I am sick of these people who don't understand any, any basic economic sort of theory. And go well. Nurses work harder, so they should earn more money. They don't bring in the money. They don't make the money. A comedian, if he sells out, if if a solo comedian sells out a whole stadium of eighty thousand people, should he get all the money from that? Well, yes, because they're going to watch him. Mm. Doesn't mean that he might make more money and he might not work as hard as a nurse, but he, he's earning the money for himself by doing that. So uh, tough, tough luck, basically. That's how it is. If you earn, if you Get people to watch it, you earn the money. That's how it has always been and that's how it needs to be because otherwise the whole economic principle and the whole the whole world trade and how everything works just cra- will crash to bits. You can't that's if you bring in the money, that's then you are you deserve the money is, is the way I'm going with it. there's yeah. no principle. Even this women's football, you can't I don't really want to go into it, but you can't women's football is doing fantastically well at the moment, like yeah, compared yeah. to where it has been, and fair play to everyone involved in it. But yeah, until it earns the money from TV revenue and from every other revenue, from they can't earn the same because it crashes every sort of it crashes the way you need to look at um, how the economy works. It, it it just doesn't make any sort of business sense in any way to do that. So. It, the, the fact that women earn the same as men is, is baffling. Not that they don't work harder, I'm not saying that, but for all accounts, some League 2 player could work as hard as Marcus Rashford, but he doesn't earn the same because he doesn't bring in the same viewership. It's just yeah. the same logic. That's that's what it is. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I am with you. Even, even think... rugby, they don't earn the same as Premier League footballers because yeah, yeah. no one watches much rugby. It, it yeah. is literally, there's so many examples of where this happens. Just because you yeah. work harder doesn't mean you're entitled to more money, unfortunately, and that's the world we live in. Yeah, I agree. And um, like I say, doctors and Navy SEALs and people in the army, they all do a terrific job and they they put their life on the line, especially in the army. Obviously, doctors save people's lives as well. And there's arguments that they should get paid more. And I understand it, but I also just think, well, people don't want to watch doctors, you know, do heart surgery. That You know, people aren't paying to watch that. So where's the money coming from to pay them these hundreds of thousands a week? There isn't money to do that. So you've got to be realistic about it. If the money's there, then then by all means. But you you only pay people off what, what revenue streams you get. And in football, it's just far bigger than any other sport and any other work field. No, yeah, it's the whole thing of... It's the whole thing of... Um, and the, bear in mind, there are industries where women earn more money because they've got more, they've got more people that watch it. Yeah, Modeling yeah. is a perfect example. More people look at female models for whatever reason it's i mean yeah um <laughs> so they get paid more money that's how that is just how it works i'm afraid 
Mm, I agree. I agree. I think with, it's the same with boxers as well. You know, they well, get the, in, they in, get a, in a perfect easy. world, the people who work the hardest and do all this should earn the most money. And in 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 theory, that does actually happen. Like if you work harder than someone else, you're probably going to end up with more money. But mm. in some situations, it doesn't work out. And that and that's but also just, to be fair to footballers, they work very, very, very hard. You know, they, they, they do. They travel. do. But, they don't risk the lives and stuff like that that people are. No, no, of course, yeah. Um. Anyway, should we get back on where we were? What, what, what would you do with these clubs then? What would you punish them? Difficult. I think, um, ideally, you don't punish the clubs, you punish the owners. So if you can somehow find a way to, you know, yeah, but is that fine. is that fair to Bolton who've had the the club ripped apart in recent years because I of think it, no, it's not, it's not. But I think in this scenario, it's just slightly different because it's not to do with. Um, it's really difficult because the actual decision wasn't actually made by like um, the manager or the players or um, even the yeah, board. It was yeah, made by one person. Peter Ridgedale spending too much money at Leeds wasn't uh, the Leeds uh, manager at the time. I think. Earlier it might be. Well, you want his decision um, to do that. Yeah, you make a good point. I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this. I think that, that... Uh, it's really hard, isn't it? I, I'm yeah. I'm lost. Where to go with it. I mean, a, a, also a transfer ban is probably probably the best scenario. You don't want to relegate them, and you don't. No, but do you? Because then the Joe Glaze is winning because he's got it home. Give me a transfer ban. Don't don't well, give me. He a won't be winning if they. Um, he won't be winning if they. Um, can't sign anyone and they don't finish in Champions League and they lose a lot of money that way. But, no, but yeah. he will because he hasn't spent any money on transfers and he's got an excuse not to spend any money. Mm. Yeah, I mean, no one wins in this scenario. Whatever punishment you give them, no one wins, do they? How about something like... I've seen a few things mentioned that I like the look of. One, find the owners because they weren't allowed to do it and then give that money to lower league like they should have gone anyway in COVID. They gave £30 million, which is an embarrassment amount of money. In project, project, I can't remember what it was, what it was called, but like project big picture. Is it project big picture. No, I don't, I don't think it was. was actually, but um, I think that was the thing where it was about scrapping the league cup and stuff. But um, wherever it was, they gave it a minuscule amount of money to lower league yeah. cup, which was a bit embarrassing, if I'm being honest. Um, so I'd say, yeah, find him a load of money, hundred million a club, something like that. Fair enough, whatever. Mm. Give it all to grassroots upwards um, then maybe ban them from the Champions League next year because to be honest if they're not in the Champions League next year one I'm happy because well, Leeds will probably be in the damn thing <laughs> um, it, it earns all these clubs that didn't do it who were the high end clubs that sort of were really punished by this get some nice payday being in the Champions League and for once it gets some teams that aren't used in the Champions League in there it's only for a year so people are still going to watch it because it'd be quite interesting to watch. Yeah, them. but the thing with that is, Scott, is UEFA. That's that's on their terms. They they can only give that punishment out, and UEFA have already put out a statement saying that they're really happy that Manchester United, have, have, not Manchester United, Manchester City have, have come out of the Super League, and they were they were saying they've got great relations with them and stuff. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. No, I know, but uh, it might not happen. But I'm on about what I'd like to see here. Mm, yeah. Um. And yeah, that's what I, I think. That's what I. I think. What I'd do is find him a load of money and ban him from the Champions League for a year. And let yeah. him have a few other teams. Because, yeah, as I said, it earns a few other teams a bit of money, cash as well. And bearing in mind, it's still with the beast competition in the world with a lot of things. So it'd be, it'd be a real kick in the teeth for the teams not to be in it. I'm all right continuing the Champions League this year but and just carry on. But then next year, ban them, all of them. Mm. That, I think yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah, might I mean, as well. There should definitely year, be a punishment. Yeah. It'd make next year in the Premier League really exciting because one, the football, I think you're getting a massive points totals to the top teams with mm. no Champions League football. And two, because they missed out Champions League the year before, there's, the, the top four race would be so good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like They'd just be all so desperate to get in there because they need mm. it. Well, so, I think, um, I think that, that would be the ideal scenario. And I don't and I, I'm with you on that one. I'd probably be in agreement on that one. But yeah, you've got to be realistic. I, don't, I just can't see that happening. I think the only thing that could, would possibly happen is um, the owners or, or the uh, the board get removed from the committee, Premier League committee, which I think they're all trying to do. So in that way, that's that's sort of punishment. They have less control. Um, and I've seen also recently that 
the government and, and the Premier League are working on um, a legislation that means if this does happen again and if teams do join a, a so-called breakaway league, then they'll get immediate expulsion from the Premier League. So again, that's quite a big threat, you know, made to them. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I've said all what I'd like to see. If there's number one I'd like to see, I'd, I'd do the 51 plus one rule. I'd, put, I'd make that legislation and mm. I'd have that. And I know you're not... What, the, the uh, German model, isn't it? Yeah, I know you're not going to be particularly happy about that with uh, the fact that Leicester have actually got quite good owners, but mm. it's just that thing where it's just one rule for all and some people are just going to suffer in this. And it's for the... It's almost... You've got to accept it's for the greater good of football in general. And it yeah. might... It will punish Leicester because it does, really. But mm. I think you've, you've summed it up perfectly there. Obviously, it's not going to be great news for Leicester, but... I think for the good of football, it won't be great news for Leeds either. It won't, mm. We've got good owners. Red Reserve is doing a fantastic job at Leeds. And there's a few other yeah. clubs that are the same. I think Everton's owners aren't doing too much wrong here and there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, it's just one of those situations where we just can't afford this to happen again. So you just mm. got to have it and yeah, get. get I, and, yeah, and and um, to be fair, I, sad it is to say, but I think there's more bad owners in the Premier League than good owners. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think a lot of them are, are really... That's shed of a doubt. Even like the so-called good owners, like some of the income sources are, are questionable at best. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Scott. Um, anyway, I, I quickly wanted to ask you a quick question that I've had on my mind, going back to Manchester United. Yeah. Can Ole Gunnar Solskjaer win a title with Manchester United? It's a good question, that, isn't it? Mm. Well, what what I will say is, he's done better this year than a lot of people expected him to do. Has he? Owned million percent without a shot. They got knocked out the Champions League in the group group stages. Got knocked out the FA Cup in the quarterfinals by Leicester. Got knocked out in the um, Carabao Cup semi-finals against Man City. Their only last chance of silverware now is your. You know, any season without silverware for Manchester United isn't a good season. Yeah, but there's, there's. I wouldn't uh, say they've had a good season. I really wouldn't. Say. No, yeah, I think no, their expectancy I, I, was to get second, no, given all the all uh, the in, no, given all the injuries sure. to Liverpool. No, no, I'm not saying at the start of the season, but I think that the expectancy was Liverpool with Liverpool dropping off and Chelsea dropping off. They should be getting second regardless. I'm not saying at the start of the season that was the idea, but I, I'd say they've had a pretty dull season. But I think I, I, if I'm being honest, I think you've been really harsh. Really, you, I think what you need to do is. What what there's two questions here. I think the football that he's played has been awful at times, but then I think what they actually have achieved on the pitch has been really good. But like, they haven't. I just explained they they Mark, they... The, Mark, they're beaten away from home in over a year in the Premier League. That they um they've lost four games the same as Man City this year. They are second place um in the league ahead of Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester. Admittedly, they've had poor seasons themselves, but what Man United haven't. All right, second second place is is a is a good achievement for Manchester United. But, Brilliant achievement, but especially with the silver. Their, their transfer the summer was an absolute embarrassment. It was that bad. But it well. still doesn't take away the fact that they've been absolutely awful in in cup competitions like the like the Champions League and the and the two domestic. Well, that, that's all good, but you you're saying that while they're in the semi final of the Europa League, mm, which is which they got in by getting knocked out in the group stage of the Champions League. Yeah, but if they go on and win the Europa League. Well, yeah, if they go on and win the Europa League and finish second, then um, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll change my opinion. You, they, um, would you? Is it for me to say? Yeah, I, I mean, I am as well. But are you quite a sort of Solskjaer? You're not. You're not. You don't think he's that good? No, I, I don't think he's that good. I, I think he's. Um, I think anyone like Bielsa, anyone like Rogers, anyone, um, even as far down as, um, I would I say Hasenhutl. Anyway. The point is, a better manager like Rodgers or Bielsa or anyone else, you can name them, any good manager in world football. I think with that squad that Manchester United's got, I think they'd finish runners-up to Manchester City like Solskjaer has, so well done Solskjaer on that one. But they'd certainly get a lot, lot f- uh, further in the Champions League. I think they'd still be in it now with the squad that they've How got. How can you say that, though, when Rodgers has never won a game in Europe? He has won a game in Europe. He just didn't won a knockout game in Europe. Exactly. Rodgers is a better manager with... Man- with um, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, with those uh, set of players, Rodgers would do tremendously well. Tremendously well. Better than Solskjaer would. You see, this is what I mean. You, there's two debates here. The football isn't good enough, but I think we're all fair on that. 
But what they're actually doing is pretty good. Like it, it really is. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. I, I um. I can't. I can't back see to you. How you say that because they've they've, they've they've had a failure of a season up till now. No, they haven't. They have They've been knocked out three competitions already. Yeah, but the, the summer was so bad. Like the, the, their summer was shockingly bad. They still spent a lot of money. They didn't. Donny van der Beek was forty million. Diallo was about forty million. Um, yeah, but Diallo they only got in January. Yeah. Um, they signed Cavani on free for a, a lot of money on, on wages. Um, they signed Alex. You can't go around and tell me that were a good summer. It was better than a lot of Premier League win uh, Premier League windows because a lot of people didn't have that sort of money. Been the league basically in the world. No, in retrospect, prior to COVID, that's a shocking window. But a lot of clubs had way worse windows than that. So you've got to put it into context. Wait, what, Leeds United spent more money than Man United. Nah, they didn't. They did? Nah, Manchester United spent, I think, 110. Well, we spent 105. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, I, I knew it was close, but... Yeah, but that, that isn't right, is it? Bearing in mind, we got probably Bielsa's first or second choices. Donny van der Beek, with the amount he's being used, he's not first or second choice, is he? Well, I just don't see how you can say, like, in the in the main... You wanted Jack Grealish and he got Donny van der Beek. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, though, that transfer window that Manchester United had was probably Awful. in the top, top three or four in the league. In not the context shot. and balance. No, I'm not saying it was a good window, but, but because of the COVID situation, it probably... Was better than most teams' window. No chance. Who's who's helped their team really? Cavani. He's been injured a lot of the season. He's had three injuries. No, I'm not Scott. I think you misinterpreted. I'm not saying they had a good window in the context. I'm saying in the context they had. No, they. I'm I'm with you. They haven't had. They didn't have a great window. But in the context, Yellow hasn't. All right for the future, fair enough. But right now, hasn't offered them anything. Don, Donny van der Beek really hasn't offered them anything. Not, not saying he's a bad player, and I think he's misused him. Yeah. Definitely. But he hasn't done, brought anything Man United that they wouldn't have had so far. Again, this isn't... this that You can blame that on Solskjaer, but fair enough. So I, I do think that he's been misused 100%. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I, I think that they've done really well this year, if I'm being honest. But I, I just watch him and think... God, you are awful. Like you are. Mm. Like that Brighton first half was absolutely shocking. Shocking. Yeah. Mm. I think Manchester. The thing with Manchester United, isn't it? They they don't actually play very well, but they somehow win games. And if you can do that for a thirty-eight game season, then they can win the league. So See, what what do you think about the fact that? Because I've seen some people saying um, because he doesn't rotate the squad, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, they can't play this open. Fast-paced, pressing down football because the players can't do it because they're playing three times a week. Mm. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, he doesn't rotate a lot, does he? No, yeah, I can't think all, that's of it. He doesn't make subs. He doesn't rotate. Mm. Mm. Um, he doesn't he misuse his players, which I guess is rotation. He overplays players and underplays players because Rashford's been yeah. so long. It's just he obviously doesn't trust the, uh, the the squad players because I can, but I I think he's wrong there because Donny Van der Beek is perfectly capable of coming into that Manchester United side and putting in a good performance. So I don't know why I didn't play him on the right. If I'm being honest, I can't understand it at all. In like a four-two-three-one, playing him on the right, yeah. Yeah, we've seen Pogba being good on the left wing. Why? Why? The thing, the thing about that is, if you play Van der Beek on the right, you can't play Pogba on the left. You have to play. No, then then you just play Rashford on the left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's very if, intelligent, if, Van der Beek. If Pogba can play that, why can't Donny Van der Beek play that? It really is baffling. There's, there's obviously some sort of trust issue with. So, I mean, there's, there's, it's. Yeah, but he's I got to get over that. The only way you can start choosing the players is by playing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't make sense to a lot of Manchester United fans, and to a neutral, I literally don't understand it at all because this is the player that was touted to, to um, go to Real Madrid and go to Barcelona, and all the top clubs wanted him. Before Manchester United snapped him up, but they couldn't afford him. You know, Real I thought, wow, what a signing in the summer. Yeah. You know? And they got him for a, a great price as well. So, yeah, and that signing hasn't made sense to me. And uh, I'd go if I was him. No, don't wait around. You're wasting your career. You're, 30, you're 23 years old, sorry. By the time you're 30, um, 
you know, you want to be able to have a, a, a good career already. And, and at the minute, he's he's just sitting on the it's bench. It's a situation where it's just, he's just been getting used to the, the season. Do you know, like, a bit like Cancelo did last year, where he didn't get used and nearly went in the summer, and then this year has been an absolute revelation. Is he that sort that that could happen next year? Say again, Scott, you just cut off. You, know? you look at Cancelo, the way he's... Uh, at last, last last year, he wasn't, like, involved at all, basically, in Man City, and he almost mm. nearly went into something, and then this year he's been in revelation. Mm. You see that as, like, a thing that could happen with um, Danny Van Der Beek? I mean, it's up to Solskjaer, isn't it? If, if Solskjaer does the same as Pep... He gets a new contract on his Solskjaer as well. He does get a new deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's the right decision. I really don't. I think it's he's took this team as far as he can. I think, yeah, I how, think how can you say that when he's consistently sort of improved every year? Like he's going to get more points again this year in the Premier League than he has last year. Yeah, in the league, but they're not. They're 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 going backwards in the Champions League, which is the competition that Manchester United strive to be in every season, but always you know end up out in the in the early round. They, he needs to win silverware, and he hasn't won anything yet. And with that squad, he should have won something by now. Right. Well, I. Um, um, have you got anything else to add? Because I'm happy to wrap it up there. We haven't really talked a lot about the Super League, and we might, I might do something else on what I think the punishment should be. But um, mm. it's, we've been going out what an hour and a minute now. So yeah, no, I think um, just finally from me um, on Manchester United, I, I, I want to say um, I think I'd, I'd, no, <laughs> I want to say I think I'd take back my comments about Solskjaer if if he can win a Premier League or a Champions League in the next three years. No, no, no. No, no. I mean, look at the teams who are left in the Europa League. Uh, they're expected to win that from now. It, yeah, but the, problem think... is, the problem is with that, the, the teams that are ahead of him, so I, I still think Liverpool, Chelsea and Man, United, Man, Man City are all sort of ahead of him still. Really? In, in, yeah, I do. I think Chelsea... There's a lot of people that say the Premier League is 38 game season. You see where where everyone actually is. I don't agree. How can you not? Well, I'll tell you. Chelsea are the season. It doesn't lie. No, because Chelsea are the second best team in England now, and they're a different team under Tuchel as they were under Lampard. So how can you compare? How can you sort of bring in the Lampard situation now when Lampard's gone? I mean. Form. Man City are by the best team in England, I'm ne- but Chelsea right now are. But over the course you, of a 38 game season, they're not the second no, best you, team in the country. No, but they, they're not the same team because they don't have the same manager. Do you think two shall come in the Premier League? I do, yeah. Yeah. We've got. But the thing is, the, the reason I say that is, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but we've got nothing to prove we can't yet. Hmm. I don't think I think you're giving Tuchel too much credit. He's, he's, he's come in and been a revelation. They were nowhere not, near top four. It literally, they were eighth. Nowhere near top four, and now and now the they might get it. Like they they, they probably should get it now. Yeah. And they're in the semi final right, Champions right. League. They beat Atletico Madrid. They beat Porto. You can say whatever you want, but he's took them into the semi final of the Champions League as well. Yeah. The if you win the, the FA, league, then fair they're in the fair final fair of the FA Cup. They just beat Man City. To get to the final of the FA Cup, so you can't, you can't. I don't think you can not praise him. To be honest, no, I, no, I, I am, I am, I'm not, I'm not um, against praising him. I think it's just, I, I'm, it's too early for me to give a, a judgment on him because I see, I've seen this so many times where a manager comes in, you get the bounce, it lasts four or five months, and then it all comes crumbling apart. I, I've seen it so many times. No, I know, I know, it does happen all the time, and the new manager bounce is definitely a thing. But having said that. He could end up in a situation here where he ends up in the top four and he wins two trophies, the Champions League yeah. and the FA Cup. I mean, Dimitri was the my won a Champions League with, Champ- with uh, Chelsea and he came in um, as a as an interim boss and, and won so the I mean, Champions League. And- if, if they somehow win, which they, this generally could happen, they could turn out with a Champions League and an FA Cup and a fourth place. And then you're thinking, my God, that's, they've had the best season out of anyone in the league. Mm. If they win the Champions League, the FA Cup and finish in the top four, well, he didn't even marry this finish in the top four at that point because they're in anyway. But mm. if they win the FA Cup and the Champions League, what a season. That's better than yeah. Man City's. Premier League and League Cup if they get it. Ooh. They've had the best season in the league. So oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Scott. Well, 100% they have. If you win the Champions League and the FA Cup, you've had a better season than anyone. 
spot than winning the Premier League and the League Cup. A million percent, yeah. So, you, so basically, essentially, what you're saying is you rate the Champions League higher than the Premier League. No, I'm not saying that. I, I'd, I'd put them on. I'd put them on a, a, a an even stool, them two. But the FA Cup's miles better than the League Cup. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Agree with that. So there's not much in it, is what you're saying, though. Really. No, but from where from where you came in at to come out with that that season would be absolutely phenomenal. Mm. If he wins well, that, yeah, yeah. Then you, you, he's wow. You know what I mean? Well, the thing about um, just just finally, I know we're rambling on. Um, the thing about Thomas Tuchel as well that I'm not massively keen on is, is his football. I think it's turgid, if I'm honest. I, I don't like watching Chelsea play. I think it's boring. I think he plays negative football, and I know you're against that, which is why I'm so surprised that you like it. I I, I don't. It's a different. It's more um, possession based. It is, it is, and it's, it's similar to Van Hall, who I absolutely despise watching when he was in the Premier League. It, it, it is, it is like that, but it's not. I prefer watching possession football than I do watching they, Ancelotti's or Jose Mourinho's part of the bus football. I mean, I don't know. They're just not that entertaining to me, which is. They don't score a lot of goals, which I think could let them down yeah. in the long in the long run but they also just don't concede any that is they've literally yeah, don't. we'll see where they are in, in 12 to 18 months if, if um, Thomas choose I'm, I'm presuming he will sign a new contract so yeah well yeah anyway should we wrap it up there yeah yeah cheers from me and on, on again Scott appreciate it no worries lad thanks for coming on as usual and um, we'll catch you on the next one thanks